Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, we're continuing, of course, our study of the gospel of Matthew. And Matthew presents Jesus as the king of the Jews. And we see him as the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus is with his 12 disciples, 12 apostles on a long sloping hill. Crowd is gathered. <coughs> Jesus is teaching them, but this crowd is gathered to hear what he's teaching. And, of course, this, is, this famous passage, 5, 6, and 7, is called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, it's, he's teaching about lifestyle of those who belong to the kingdom of God. Those, and it's really a little bit hard. There's some things in there that are unique and different. Uh, but it's probably, when you think about chapters 5, 6, and 7, it's the longest teaching, uninterrupted, you might say, teaching that we have in the Bible from our Savior Jesus. And so he gets very practical. In fact, this morning he talks about things. How do we view things? And we realize that things can't satisfy, they don't bring security, and so Jesus deals with the issue of worry, worrying things. And all of us in this room, if you said, do you ever worry? Some would say, oh, no, I never worry. Yeah, we all worry. And so here's some things to think about. What are the things, what are the things that we need? How should we face life day to day? How do we deal with anxiety? And worry. Well, this morning, as we look at our passage, we'll see what Jesus has to say, and it'll be encouraging and know for us. Well, we all have fears. We all have worry. We all have anxiety. There are all kind of things that come into our lives or the things that we think are going to come into our lives or the things that we worry about, and so many things that we worry about never happen anyway, but just that idea, we think about it. I read a study recently, and they said, what are the things that people in the United States worry about. And, and we found these are, these are the things. They're not in any particular order, but people are worried about jobs. They're worried about corruption, which in the political end of it and the financial end of it, they're worried about poverty and crime, health care, terrorism, education, the whole idea of taxes, and then moral decline of our country. That People are concerned about that. And then even the immigration issue, all of those things. People worry about all of these things. Uh, you know, last summer I flew to Pensacola. I, there was a time in my life for a two-year time period I flew twice a week. Every Friday and every Monday I flew. And so I get on a plane, I just go open. I don't ever think about anything. I flew last summer to Pensacola. I'm, I'm going, I hope it takes off. And I, you know, I hope it, you know, is it going to, are we lifting up right? I mean, you know, you do, if you don't fly for a long time, you get all nervous or worried about things. And, and so uh, why do we worry? As we look at this passage, he's going to deal with the issue of worry, and Jesus teaches how to deal with it. And let me just raise some questions. So we're going to talk about what is worry, and what, what do we worry about, and is it wrong to worry, and, how, and then how do we deal with worry? So as Jesus begins, he's on this long sloping hill talking with, with his apostles, and then all the people are listening. Are listening. And remember, we've seen that what he did is he, he, first of all, in this big sermon, he said, listen, the, the Pharisees deal with external things. He said, but really to deal with external and internal. And, and then as we got to chapter 6, he began to say, when you do good things, which is what we're supposed to do, he says, don't do them to be seen by people. In fact, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. In fact, he goes on to say that if you do things to be noticed by people, you already have your reward. That was to be noticed by people. And then he got into the whole idea of materialism, which a lot of people in America, we don't even think about it, but we're so rich. We're the richest people in the world, and our poor people are rich anywhere else. And here's what he said. He said, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and thieves do not break in or steal. And so he basically said this, don't go after earthly things, that's temporary. Go after heavenly things. That's the eternal things. And he brought out a point because it's so easy. People say, well, 
I'm just going to go after both things. He said, you can't go after both things. In fact, in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters for either hate the one or love the other. He'll be noted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. And the word wealth there meant material things. He says, you can't go after material things and go after God at the same time. You can't have as your emphasis God and your emphasis material things. It just doesn't work. It, you, you can't serve both. So that comes to the next issue as he's talking. Somebody could say, well, if we're not really supposed to go after things, how are we going to make it? Are we going to be okay? Uh, can I make it in this world? And some people are concerned about food and clothing and shelter. Not, not in our country. Very few people are concerned about food, clothing, and shelter, but a lot of parts of the world are. And so this is, we're going to deal with those issues. And so as we said a while ago, what is worry? What do we worry about? How do we deal with worry? So let's start with the very first question, what is worry? I want you to look at verse 25. He says, for this reason... I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor your body is what you'll put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And it starts off by saying, do not be worried about your life. And the word worry is a Greek word that means to be pulled in two directions. It's like, well, this is okay. Well, this is not okay. Well, I don't know about this, but but I don't know about this. And so you're going back and forth. And that's what worry is. It's being pulled in two directions. It's, it's to be unduly concerned. In fact, the Greek word has an idea of being concerned about things that you shouldn't be concerned about. We put the focus on things rather than on God. We say, Lord, uh, I know you're going to take care of me, but I've got to worry about these sort of things. Uh, notice all the way through. In fact, he says, don't keep on worrying is what he actually says. And notice in verse 25, don't worry. Look at verse 28. And why are you worried? Look at verse 31. Do not worry then. And look at verse 34. So then do not worry. So four different times in this passage, he says, quit worrying. Quit being concerned about things. Let, quit concerning yourself with things that you really don't control. In fact, that old saying is, we worry about so many things that never happen. We say, what if this happens? What if this happens? What am I going to do if this happens? Well, you know, worry is not trusting God to take care of us. So then we, we go to the question number two is, what do we worry about? Now, in this passage, let me tell you what they were worried about. And he already said literally in the very first verse, for this reason I say to you, do not keep on worrying about your life. That's how it's written in the original language. Stop being anxious. Stop being worried. Stop being pulled both things. And what he brings up is this. Listen to what he says. He says, don't be worried about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what clothes you're going to wear. Now, in that day and time, they were concerned about that. Some of them didn't know if they were going to eat the next day. They just didn't really know. And they didn't know if they might have something to drink. And they didn't know how long their clothes were going to last. If they, I mean, they were very poor people. And as you know, in that culture, we said that you worked all day and you got paid at the end of the day. You got your food. Your food was basically for one day. You didn't have refrigerators. You didn't have ways to store anything. And so people had to trust. And you could see that people were worried. And so he says, listen, why are you worried about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear? Now, the truth is, most of us, I'm not worried about what I'm going to eat. I'm worried about why I'm eating too much, right? And I'm not really about clothes because you, know, you go in there and you go, I don't wear half these clothes. How do I have all these clothes? Where did they come from, right? Brian, how did, where did those clothes come from? But anyway, <laughs> you know, when we start thinking about stuff like that, we say in our country, we're not worried about it. But there are places in the world in which we worry. But even, even the idea, what, we, don't, we shouldn't worry about necessities. 
because God takes care of that. So with that in mind, he raises this question. For for reason I say to you, don't, don't be worried. Don't be worried about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on, because life is much more than food and the body, much more than clothing. So that takes us to the third part, and that is, how do we deal with worry? And how do we deal with worthy? And I've got three things there. I've got the word faith, father, and first. I just put it that way to help you remember it. Faith is trust God. Father is our heavenly father. He knows and provides. And first, seek him first. So let me show you this. Let's think about faith. Faith, we got to trust God. We've got to trust that God's working in every event in our lives. We know that God is in control, and we've got to trust him. And what we worry about tomorrow, and you say, what if this happens, or if I'm not going to make it, or what if this job, you just say, wait a minute, I just have to trust God. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. I have to trust him. The second thing is the Father. He's our heavenly Father. We are his children. As many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. We belong to him. He's our heavenly Father. We already know that our heavenly Father knows what to do. He loves us beyond we could imagine. He knows us. And he will provide. He will make sure we get whatever God need that we need. And then the third thing was first, and that is seek God first. Not things, not worry about what we have or don't have. Seek first to live for Jesus Christ, and, and that'll handle it. And so in a sense, we see those three things. We see faith, trusting God, Father, because he's our heavenly Father, and first, because we seek him first, and we don't worry about the other things. From this, Jesus goes into the issue. And we know that they were worried about what they were going to eat or what they were going to drink or their clothing. And so he begins with the issue of food. And look what he says in verse 26. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not worth much more than they are? He says, look, look, first let's look about the birds. He says, look at those little birds out there. And you know, I think about it sometimes. I see these little birds and they're hopping around and they're getting something out of the ground. And you think about, how do these birds eat? I mean, how do they know where to even go? Where do they get water? I mean, how do, how do they make it? But it says, look, look at the birds out there. They don't sow or reap. They don't have barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he says, look, we got this is the faith part. We got to trust God. He knows and provides. Look, at, look what he does with the birds. The birds, they're not worried. It's going to come. God always provides for them. And he says, are you not worth more than they are? And notice what he says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Look, the Father knows and provides. And it's truth for us that we have to trust him. That's faith. Because we have a heavenly Father. That's the Father. He knows and provides. Birds don't sow and reap, and yet he takes care of them. He feeds them. And are you, are we more important than little birds. And we say, yes, I mean, we love little birds, we love animals, but in, in the reality of thing, God says, oh, no, 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 compared to a bird, you're, you're so much more valuable. That's just the way God did it. So trust God, don't worry. Uh, worry can't help anyway because God takes care of everything. Faith in the Father. And then he says something which is pretty neat because he goes on to say, listen, by the way, in verse 27, he says, and, and, and you, uh, uh, who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? He said, listen, you can't, you can't make yourself live longer. 
And no matter how worried you are, you can't live longer. You can't. You can't by worrying can't add years to your life. The word uh, literally it says, and you by being worried can add a single hour. The word there's cubit. It's the word for eighteen inches. Some translations actually try to turn this and say, uh, by being worried, can you make yourself taller? I, I tried it. It didn't work. And so, bottom line, it, it, you being worried, can you add? This actually is talking about time. It's saying, are you? Can you? Can you make yourself live longer by worrying? Worry can't help. I read this. Ruth Bell Graham wrote this. She said, a weary Christian lay awake one night trying to hold the whole world together by his worrying. And then he heard the Lord gently say to him, now go to sleep, Jim. I'll sit up and take care of everything. It's really true, isn't it? We're so worried about things, and God says, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm in control. I'm working all things. Let God deal with things. Trust our Heavenly Father. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, It is vain to rise up early and to go to bed late because God even provides while we're asleep. So we just can't worry. So the first thing he deals is food. And then the next thing is clothing. Look what he says in verse 28. He says, And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, and they do not toil nor they spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. He says, why are you worried about the clothes you got? Why would you worry about your clothes? Because God's going to take care of you. He says, look, lilies, the, the, the field, the, the flowers. I mean, sometimes you're driving along and you look outside and you see some pasture or something, and there's these beautiful flowers out there, and even the weeds are pretty. I mean, things are just beautiful. And you go, look how beautiful our world is. Well, they didn't toil and spin to get that beautiful. It, God just takes care of it. And he says, he says, why are you worried about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. Look. But yet even Solomon, Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, the most powerful king, richest, every, gold. I mean, he said, he said, oh, I don't even, silver's not even important to me because I got so much gold, silver is, is nothing. And, and all his robes and all his clothes and everything, he says, listen, even Solomon, king, what his clothes are, with the greatest clothes of all, they can't even measure up to the flowers in the field. He says, they don't work hard. Listen, so he says, listen, we must trust God in the middle of all this. In fact, verse 30, he says, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? And then notice, you of little faith. See, he says, if God took care, takes care of the grass and makes grass beautiful, which or flowers, in which they last for a day or two and then they're, they're gone, if he'll do that, will he not take care of you who are, we are eternal? Think about that. We're not like a plant that grows and dies. We're going to live forever. We're going to exist forever. Do you remember when... Uh, Jonah was up under that deal, and he was all mad, and that plant grew up, and he was looking out, and the plant grew up, and then God let a bug die, kill it, and it died, and boy, he was really mad, and God said, what are you mad? Are you mad about the plant? And he said, I'm really mad about the plant. And he said, you're mad about a plant you had nothing to do with, we're here one day, gone the next. What about all of those people in that city? People worth much more than a plant. And let me tell you, these plants that are here today and gone tomorrow, they're more beautiful. If God can take care of that, surely he can take care of us. 
God will provide every need that we have. Now, when he's talking to these people, we don't identify quite as much because he's talking about their food and their clothing. And most of us aren't worried about food and clothing. We may be concerned about a job. We may be concerned about a place to live. We may be concerned about some relationship. We may be concerned about some sickness or something. But we're not normally worried about the basic necessities of life. They were. And as he's saying them, you've got to trust me. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Now, most of us know Philippians 4.19. I want you to notice what it says. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. It didn't say out of his riches. See, there's a difference. Like if I have a million dollars and I want to take care of you out of my riches, I could give you $10. That's out of my riches. But it, when it says according to your riches, i got a million dollars that's going to come according to my million dollars. He says, I'm going to provide for you according to his riches. Not out of his riches, but according to his riches. We have to trust our heavenly Father. That's what he's saying. So trust in the Heavenly Father. And so we've got the two things that we see over and over is trust in the Heavenly Father and faith, uh, faith and trust. And then look, again, he kind of puts a little summary together in verse 31. He says, so, so do not worry then about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what we'll wear. And then he says, for the Gentiles, the, the unbelieving pagan world eagerly seeks for all these things, but your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows that you need all these things. He says, don't be anxious about that, about food, drink, clothes, all that. Don't be anxious about all these things. Trust our Heavenly Father. He says, unbelievers are just wanting things. We just got to trust him. We got to trust him in everything. This is, this is what I love. Is our Heavenly Father knows what we need. He knows we need every, and whatever, he, whatever we need, God is going to provide for us. That's what he says. Now, if you remember, we talked about faith, trust God, Father, he knows and provides. There's one more word. You remember? Faith, Father, and first. And he's going to say, seek him. In all of this, you, you trust him. He's your heavenly Father, and he, and he knows. So we have to seek him first. Look at verse 33. It's the famous verse that we all know. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I remember when I first started growing as a Christian, somebody gave me this verse. And you remember the little song, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the song? Well, you'd sing it, but it says, But seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I remember I thought, what were all these things? Like money and riches? No, all these things are the necessities of life. The things that he's just dealt with, food and shelter, clothing, that kind of thing. That's what he's talking about. And so he says, seek him. Seek first. Go after his righteousness and his kingdom. His kingdom and his righteousness. Make that the priority, that we go after the kingdom, that we go after the righteousness, that we want to live. That they, this is what, the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about how do we live as those who belong to the kingdom. He says, seek that first. Seek living righteously. Seek living according to the glory of God. Seek to live in such a way that Jesus Christ is glorified. It's like he said earlier. He said, "Do let your good works shine. Let your good deeds shine so it will glorify your Father in heaven. So what are we supposed to be doing? Worrying about tomorrow? Worrying about today? Worrying about what stuff we don't have? Are we supposed to say, Lord, I just want my life to count for you. I want to live for you. I want to seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. I want to live in such a way that Jesus Christ is glorified. I want to live as a child of God. And, and we belong to the kingdom. We want to make an impact for Jesus Christ. 
the basic things of life you don't have to worry about. He says don't worry about them. God will provide for his children. Always has, always will. And so when we think about this passage, trust him. He knows and provides. Why? He's our heavenly father. And as a heavenly father, he knows what we need. So what do we do? We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, I didn't say a whole lot about it, but if you go back to that verse 30 where he says, O ye of little faith. He's saying, you're not trusting me. It's so easy to get tied up with everything in this world and about what to think about this and what's going to happen tomorrow and what if I get this or I haven't got the doctor's report yet. What's that going to be? And all these things we worry about. And he says, listen, don't be of little faith. Be a big faith. Trust me. Trust me. I'm your heavenly father. Live for me. Put this first. Everything else will be taken care of. And that's why he says, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things? The basic provisions of life. You just don't have to worry about it. Worry is a bad thing because it takes our energy. And we say things like, what, what about this? What about this? Well, let me just say what I learned a long time ago is this. When somebody says, I'm worried about this. I said, what are you worried about? I'm worried about this test I have in two weeks. I said, then go study. Right? Some things you can deal with. Some things we worry about that we can deal with. You can say, I just worry I won't be this. Well, then go do it. There are other things we worry about that we have no control over. We say, I hope I don't get cancer. You can't, you can't deal with that, so what you have to do is cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. There's some things we want to worry about that we can handle in the sense of, I got a test, well then go study. I hope I don't get cancer. You can't do anything about that. Trust the Lord. He's going to provide. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. He ends with one more verse. And it says this. So, in a summary, so don't worry about tomorrow. Quit worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. And then he gives a statement. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you find that every day that has enough, it has enough trouble, doesn't it? We don't have to have today's trouble and tomorrow's trouble at the same time. Best thing to do is just take each day at a time, take this trouble at a time. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Because, why? Because tomorrow has its own anxious things. Every day has troubles. Gordon MacDonald writes this. He says, no man ever sank under the burden of the day. It's when tomorrow's burden is adding to the burden of today that the weight is more than we can bear. When we go through life, we try to take the things in the future and pile them on. Warren Wiersbe said, many people are crucified between two thieves, Regrets of yesterday and worries for tomorrow. Don't let that stuff get you. I like this one. Uh, Earl Stanley Jones said, worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's trouble. See, we hadn't even got here yet, and we're already worried about it. Most of the things we worry about never come anyway. Each day has its own problems. So what do we see? Faith, trust God. Our Father, it's our Heavenly Father, and He knows what we need. First, seek God and his righteousness. Seek to live for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, when you're, when you're going after, when you wake up in the morning and you say, I wonder what God has for me today, and uh, Lord, I want my life to care for you, and I want to go wherever you want me to go. I know I have, this, I have this to do, but as I go through the day, Lord, would you use me for your glory? When you're thinking that way, you're not worrying about other things. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, seeking to be a godly person, to live for Jesus Christ, you're not worried about other things. 
And so as we see this passage, what have we seen? That worry is being torn in two directions, and it's not trusting God, and it's being of little faith. And what do we worry about? We worry about everything. But in this passage, it's food and clothing and, you know, that kind of thing. And he says, listen, don't worry about it. Don't worry. You've got to trust me. He says, trust me. I'm your heavenly Father. And what you do is seek me first. Everything else will be taken care of. So for application, I want to just give you this. First of all, we, we trust God and don't worry. That's what it really boils down to. Trust God and don't worry. And when you think about it, those three things come about. First of all, there's faith. We trust God as we go day by day. When you wake up in the morning, you realize that God is in control, that he's working all things according to the counsel of his will, that he is our God and Savior, that he knows us and he cares everything about us. So we just going to have to trust him. First Peter says, cast all your cares upon him. And let me just tell you again, if there's something you're worried about, that you can deal with, then you go deal with it. If it's the test you got to take and you're so worried you're not going to, then go study. If it's something else, you say there's something wrong in this relationship, then go deal with it. But there are some things that we worry about that we have no control over. We just have to trust him day by day. Why? Because our Father, he knows and cares. He knows everything about our lives. He cares for us. Our Heavenly Father will take care of us. So what do we do? First, we seek first the kingdom, and his righteousness. Live according to the Bible, trusting God's word. That means you've got to have to know it. In order to trust the word of God, you've got to know the word of God. So you've got to dig it, study it, put it together. And we do that. We live righteously according to the word.